0: Thank you for tuning in to Cop with Comic. I'm Brian Copp, and we're with comic Joe Gorman.
1: Joe Gorman, how the hell are you? Good, man. Thank you. Thank you for oh. having me.
0: Uh, thank you so much for coming on and kind of where can people normally find you do stand-up comedy in New York City when that starts up? And where can they find you in the meantime doing online comedy?
1: Absolutely, man. Hey, as soon as this epidemic ends, I'll be back <laughs> at all, all your favorite locations. I'll be at The Stand, NYC, and Union Square. I'll be at the Creek in the Cave. I'll be at clubs and colleges throughout the New York State area. Uh, as soon as it comes back, in you're gonna the meantime, be you're gonna
0: be hitting it super hard. I take it. Oh,
1: absolutely, man. This <laughs> I, I feel like a caged animal right now, just just waiting <laughs> to get out and feel the exhilaration. Um, but uh, in, in the meantime, uh, you can you can catch me online. Um, I, I regularly have uh, comedy open mics and, and showcases that I uh, host and produce. You can add me on Facebook, facebook.com slash Joe Gorman. Uh, and uh, I'll regularly post my Zoom shows there. Um, drop in, hang out. If you want to do material, do material. Uh, we're, we're just trying to make the best of the situation. Uh, I also have a, a, a podcast that I do with two other New York comedians, Robbie Goodwin and Dalton Pruitt. It's called The Loud Boys. And that's on Every every media outlet that that has podcasts, you can find it, man. Uh, and, and yeah, and so just, I, yeah. I'm totally
0: in, I'm totally interested in kind of what's been working um, with you know digital comedy. But in the meantime, before we get to that, mm-hmm. tell me about the kind of the the idea behind loud voice comedy.
1: Well, um, that's really just trying to capture the green room atmosphere uh, that that comic usually have, where before you're going up and doing a set, or like right after you're done doing a set talking shop, talking about current events, really just trying to touch base with one another and and get a sense of community in in these times. You that's, know, the, that's
0: the theory if, yeah. that that's a, that's the theory behind this whole podcast because I was like, how do I get to riff with comedians without going to a, a single comedy club? And this was how I do it. <laughs> and, this is, and
1: this is perfect timing, man. <laughs> yeah.
0: And so now everybody's much more available to talk. And it's just, I, you know, it's, it's, so, it's so cool to be able to talk to Joe Gorman, who, who seems to be the, you know, one of the, the innovators in the online space post-corona. So kind of what, you know, I've seen you're doing a lot of shows, you know, online. And what can you tell me about what works and what doesn't? Kind of what did you start off trying and what did you evolve to become?
1: Well, uh one thing I I was I started doing, uh when I first started, I was just trying to transcribe my normal stage act uh, in front of a webcam and it it just doesn't work as much. Um it cuz because it's different and and we have to acknowledge that, you know, doing stand up online is different than doing stand up in an audience. Um, you don't have the same energy because you can feed off an audience's energy, but it's yeah. possible. Um, I think if you can see the people laughing on Zoom, you're doing something right. My new style is kind of uh, ad- accepting that and, and addressing it as soon as I'm I'm going up. As soon as they unmute me and say, here's Joe Gorman, I address the fact that, man, I'm sitting down. You know, I'm sitting down in front of my computer doing comedy, and normally I'm pacing back and forth on stage. You know, like a, a young Eddie Murphy or something, you know? Uh, Joe, Joe I, yeah. Gorman
0: is the white Eddie Murphy. You know, oh, absolutely. You, you've heard it here first. Yeah. And, and so, and, and I think like I saw some of the Saturday Night Live uh, sketches with respect to the whole, you know, Zoom thing. Like, first they yeah. did the, the weekend update where they had a laugh track, and I thought that was, or, or they had people laughing. To the uh, the weekend update update jokes, and I thought that was so awful. I had to turn it off, and sure enough, the next week they uh, stopped that entirely, which was great. Yeah, and then um, but but then also, I guess um, you know, there was a sketch where Keenan played a preacher, and everybody in the audience was able to kind of chime in with their amens, and it got distracting for him. And so, kind of, you know, you're able to see people laughing, and um, you know how, you know, from your point of view what's, you know, what's that kind of like, or, or from the point of view of somebody who's just kind of watching it after the fact, I don't know if these things are also recorded. you like, is the laughter distracting at all? I know for you, it's, you know, must be energizing.
1: I mean, yeah. Um, but I, I, it's also different, you know, having an audience, and it's the same reason, like, uh, I think Keenan might've gotten a little uh, uh, stumbled <laughs> upon because he's, you know, he's been doing this literally like two thirds of his life from, yeah. from all that to SNL. That's really the the dream, you know, to be able to be funny for your entire life and make a career out of it. So so props to him for that. Um, But it's what I liked about it was how awkward it was, because it's like, (laughs) welcome to my world. That was probably like the most genuine performance from all of them because like they were out of their element and i think that's where a lot of people are right now but the problem is like they didn't address how we like they kind of like winked and nod like hey we're all at home but like to really address like this is kind of weird and we're doing the exact same thing every other comedian is doing and now you know snl it was broadcast on and it's broadcast on nbc it's broadcast on the internet but now you know Pretty much everyone's Zoom is on the like the only like the most consumable form of media is is through the Internet now. And yeah. and I think it's it's kind of fair play because it's literally pretty much the same quality of of uh, work that these professional comedians are putting out at, compared to SNL and, and successful YouTubers, you know. So, yeah, I that's that's that, funny. Yeah. It
0: kind of it kind of drops SNL's production values down a notch to the point Definitely. where, yes yeah, certain you know the Joe Gormans of the world are are chumping them out in terms of quality.
1: Right. Well, and you know, it's it's a lot easier to get you know bigger name comedians like like Judah Friedlander yeah. to to drop in on a on your Zoom show uh, than you know rather than oh. Hey, I see you're in town. Would you like to make an additional stop and, and do a drop in <laughs> set? There's so much more coordination with that, you know, the yeah. transportation. Now it's like you turn on your laptop, uh, click a few buttons, and then you're performing. Yeah, And it's different. I think it puts a lot more emphasis on the written aspect of comedy as opposed to just the performative aspect, because... For a lot of people watching on a Zoom show, they only have a small little box of you performing. And even if you are on like the big screen, even if they blow up your your screen, you're limited to your webcam or your smartphone. So
0: even, you know, gesticulating with your hands or whatever is going to be a little bit less effective for uh, for certain people unless they, you know, I guess in general, like you can't do your pacing around. You can't do the the Eddie Murphy thing. And so you better make sure that your jokes are on point
1: right and um you know and sometimes like the the physicality is lost sometimes it and you know a lot of it also depends on like your internet connection so if you have a bad connection and like you stutter over something or there's a little bit of a delay that can throw you off too you know um because sometimes you'll say a joke and it's almost like a news report where they say and you know we're gonna go live to the field with robert and then an (laughs) awkward amount of time passes then robert goes thank you bob i'm here it's like dude you come on man can't you like estimate when this is ending that would always that time delay would always irritate me as a child because I didn't understand (laughs) and even as an adult who understands that we're literally sending thousands of of megabytes of data at the speed of light and there's just a minor delay that's still not enough you know that's <laughs> and, still and i
0: like I, I like the fact that you know joe gorman ins- instead of the you know the the reporter in the field the joe gorman's and the comedians are just um it's like they're more adaptable it's like you guys have really had to adapt on the fly on stage before the virus and so you guys are the per- the people who are perfectly positioned to be creative with it um you know after the virus
1: Yeah, man, like, uh, you know, like they say, uh, necessity is the mother of invention. And uh, what it it comes down to, you know, do you want to adapt and, you know, figure out how to make comedy in this new world? Or are you just going to throw your hands up and say, well, I guess I wasted 13 years of my life trying to do stand up comedy and and make connections. Um, And it's it's and honestly, you know, even even if even if a lot of these places reopen it might not be the same you know yeah. even like when these clubs open there still are going to be groups of people that are apprehensive about going out to large social gatherings i mean not right now because we just lifted the ban so of course everything is flooded right now like any any bar that is open will have a ton of people <laughs> all of these news reports so we're going to have a second wave i'm i'm oh, yeah. sure. you've heard it here first folks uh, there's going to be <laughs> a second wave. So I was right to invest in a premium zoom account right now. So uh,
0: yeah, I, I haven't heard a uh, second wave, uh, thrown around until Joe Gorman said it. So you heard That's it here right. first, I That's it. Right. but right. but I think, you know, even with the bars opening back up or whatever, you know, certain comedians might hesitate to even do it. It's like, Hey man, I can, you know, I'm building this zoom following or whatever, you know, yeah. at, at the very least, I think you're always going to supplement the more, you know, until it gets robust into, Until your schedule is packed with live comedy again, it's nice to know that you're going to be able to supplement it with internet.
1: Exactly. And, you know, and for a lot of people, it's also convenience. Um, You know, if I'm able to do shows with people in San Francisco or even in New Jersey.
0: Yeah.
1: Where normally, you know, that would be a long commute or I'd have to schedule ahead of time. Now it's just making sure your time zones are all synced up (laughs) and I'm able to you know I'm able to touch base with people I worked with back in San Francisco, um some of the connections I made during my time in New Jersey, all all the New York comedians, a lot of people are, you know, even if they don't love doing online shows, like they love getting laughs, they love connecting with their peers and and that's I mean at the at the heart of it, that's what stand-up comedy is is making connections with people, either the connection with the audience or the connection with your peers. Yeah.
0: Uh, And I I think, yeah, that's such a great point because it's almost like now you're, you know, you're networking with all these people, you know, you're home, you know, back to the San Francisco, New Jersey, but also if you want to, you know, get your podcast going with guests in LA, it's like, it's going to be so much easier to go out there post virus and be able to get some shows. And, and some of the, you know, some of these comedians are probably like, why the fuck didn't I do this before?
1: Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Yeah. And especially now it's, it's, you know, the evolution of the Zoom show was so fast. I think it took maybe like two or three weeks for people to really figure out how to market them, how to get people to chime in, how to how to coordinate when to unmute an audience. You know, because yeah. I, I think we we finally learned. Like you know, it's it's funny because like. Two weeks ago was like the Wild West of Zoom shows where they didn't really know how to mute the audience. People were, you know, talking over other comics. Some comics didn't know how to get their webcam set up just right or how to sync up a microphone with their computer and, and all of that. But now everyone's professional, you know, now everyone has a beauty light. Everyone has a, a a good HD webcam. Like we're all we're all really becoming programming masters now. Out, <laughs> out of necessity. You yeah, know? yeah.
0: The only way a comedian's gonna become a programming master is to uh, to experience the virus. And and how yeah. are these people kind of muting the audience? Does the comedian have control of that? And so you you know you're doing your your joke and then do you unmute it where you think there could be a laugh or what?
1: Yeah, so um what I typically do is um as as a coordinator for the shows i mute the audience during the comedian's performance and i i make a point of telling people beforehand you know um you know if they see you smiling if they see you like nodding your head try to be as physical with your laughter as possible if if you enjoy it and then i unmute them near the end and it's like you know be sure you give a lot of noise and make people know that because like really that's what they want they want that applause break at the end uh, but okay. if they see people laughing I, I think that that's great. I think that's what they really need. That's what I get through. I don't really need to hear the laughter, but seeing people react is is just as good for me. Um, and how
0: how can you kind of accommodate that many? Like, you know, if each... You know, if you have 10 comedians on a show or whatever mm-hmm. and, you know, 20 audience members, do you only show the picture of the one comedian who's going and then you show the 20 in the audience? Like I imagine those boxes on Zoom get pretty small.
1: Oh, yeah, they do. So um, what I do is I have a, there's a spotlight for the person talking uh, and that's what the audience sees. And then there's a second window uh, where everyone's uh, the audience and comedians are kind of laid out like a grid. Yeah. And that's what I tell the comics to focus on, like focus on like this big. Brady Bunch-esque mural of, of all these happy faces and and use that. And honestly, it's it's different too because some comics, it's they get more stage fright doing a Zoom show because in a way, it's much more intimate. You know, yeah. you're on a stage, you're elevated, there's a spotlight, so chances are you're blind. You can rarely see people out uh, beyond the third row. That's why most crowd work is done in like the first front rows and that's why no one ever wants to sit in the front row. <laughs> now... Everyone's face is clearly illuminated. So on the plus side, you can see them laughing. On the downside, you can very clearly not see them laughing or, you know, see them stop paying attention and go to a different window, because now you're not just competing with the other comics on the show. (laughs) You're also competing with everything on the Internet ever.
0: Ah. (laughs) <laughs> uh, but i love because it, it gives so much credit to the laugh like if you actually see somebody you know demonstrably laughing or whatever you're like i just i just got that person and they preferred me over every fucking streaming special on the internet that's right exactly i, lo- I love that and so um but and how many people in the audience can you accommodate on a screen though can it can it go up to you know 100 or or is it usually you know, you're just doing 10 and they rotate or something you
1: know it, it's it's I, i've i've I personally have not been in a show that's had more than uh, 20 or 30 audience members, Okay, uh, in which case, you know, um, there's a second window and there's about uh, 15 or so uh, screens. And you can also shuffle through the screens so you can see different people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I've I've have heard of, of some people that were able to get you know two hundred plus pe- uh, audience members, and I have no idea how they would even begin to do something like that. Maybe they lied to me. I don't know. <laughs> but,
0: uh... And then, kind of, how, yeah. how how did you get get that hustle? Because it sounds like, the, I mean, were you doing stand up comedy in San Francisco before you came here? And yeah, and what, what what have you noticed as far as kind of the difference um, between the comedy scenes? And you know, did it make sense to start out in San Francisco? Did you get enough stage time? And then, how did you know when you came to New York? What was that like?
1: Yeah, I'm actually uh, very grateful that I started in San Francisco. I was doing comedy in San Francisco for about ten years. Um, cause I, I, started in about 2008, 2009. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it was a good community out there. It was very positive. Like San Francisco, like, you know, there were some real heavy hitters that, that came out of San Francisco. Um, when I started, uh, Moshe Kasher was a regular at a lot of the clubs, uh, Brent Weinbach, a lot, uh, there were people on, on the up and up Sammy obeyed. Uh, Ali Wong she was a regular at the punchline when I started out there so there was a lot of great talent um, there were good clubs out there. Uh, the San Francisco Punchline, Cobs, uh, the Purple Onion. When it was, was it, there, was it
0: was it tough to get on a show with Ali Wong? Like, you know, did that same club also have open mic nights, or were you putting together house parties? Like, I remember there was a Flop House documentary. Yeah, I was, know like, yeah, com- yeah, com- yeah, yeah. Comedy houses everywhere, and um, I thought one of them was in San Francisco. Have you played the the Garage of the Flop House or whatever in San Francisco?
1: Oh, every, everyone's everyone's partied in Sylvan House at some point or another in. <laughs> uh, in in San Francisco. And it's a, a very life altering experience. And and many people aren't the same after leaving. (laughs) Uh, But, uh, you know, it was, well, when Allie was, was doing comedy in, in San Francisco, like she was always out and about. So it was, it was just a matter of time. Um, If you were booked on a show, or if you were regularly booked, eventually your your paths would cross. Um, <laughs> there was one there's one major club in San Francisco, and that's the Punchline. Yeah. Uh, and they they didn't have an open mic night per se, but they had a local showcase on Sundays yeah. where they would randomly put uh, 20 comics uh, on stage any given night. Uh, wow. So what what everyone in San Francisco would do, all the comics would do is uh, they would go to the Sunday night Punchline and wait in the back of the room and hope that the booker would come by and say like, Hey, you're going to go up in two, you're going to go up in three or like, Hey, Mark's up now. You're going to go up right after him. And then think, Oh shit. Okay, great. And then they say, (laughs) you know, either five to seven minutes. So, you know, it's all of the material that you've been working on at that point. And, you know, it's like the biggest club in San Francisco. And it's also a deciding factor. You know, if you do well enough at, at, the sunday night showcase they'll ask you to do it again and then uh maybe five or six times doing that you can get an audition and from there if you do well enough hosting then you know you can become a paid regular
0: and then none of that transfer translates out to you know those credits don't transfer to new york city do they
1: absolutely not no (laughs) (laughs) so what was that like
0: you know did you start just kind of hustling with open mics in new york city or what'd you do
1: well, you know, it's like, um, yeah, it's like it's not like um, it's not like the status transfers over, but all the skills you amassed certainly oh, yeah. do, you know. Absolutely. So it 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 wasn't like I was rediscovering. Like, how am I funny? You know, I wasn't. It <laughs> wasn't rediscovering that. It's like, okay, I know. I at this point, you know, I've been doing comedy for ten years. I have a very strong sense of myself. I I know who I had some connections in New York at at the time. Uh, because you know, New York comedians come to San Francisco every once in a while, and San Francisco comics go to New York. It's a good cross pollination. Uh, so I, I had like I had enough of an understanding of, of stand up comedy that I knew like okay, I need to go to Mike's. I need to let I need to go frequently so people will recognize my face and my act. Uh, I need to you know go to showcases and, and have a presence there so people see I'm out and about, and I know there's a hierarchy here but you know you still have to pay your dues i came out here with a lot of comics in san francisco who were probably even further along than i was uh but they they didn't want to put in the time at, at open mics in new york city because you know they're like oh i you know i don't get anything out of open mics and you know hey sorry about that man but i get a lot and there's yeah. people with television credits that will go to an open mic and, and put their name in a bucket you know, and and have to wait to get pulled out, just like everyone else. And like I don't have a TV credit, so yeah. why would I be more deserving of of not having to put my name? Because I I got passed at a comedy club at, at you know three thousand miles away. I love it made, that. A lot but, of times, like yeah, getting passed at clubs just means like you have connections, or you know you you have you put in enough time that you have like a level of talent, but that doesn't necessarily mean like you're God's gift to comedy, and like you should be passed everywhere. You still have to pay dues and you know, let people know, like make people know that they made a good investment by booking Uh, you.
0: Well, I love, I love the attitude that, you know, it must be just, it's so nice that you had the, the presence of mind to see that, hey, if this person with television credits is putting his name in a bucket, then I'm not too big for this. You know, that's oh, just, yeah. and, it, and it, the peer-to-peer connection is super important, and it sounds like that's what you're doing in, uh, you know, post, or I guess in Corona isolation, and you'll yeah. be doing the, these Zoom shows and things, and they can see, you know, you're, I, I follow you on Twitter at Joe W. Gorman, but also the, the, the Loud Boys Pod, is um is on twitter i follow them as well and it sounds like you're you're, yeah you're with dalton pruitt and robbie goodwin that's correct yes sir Uh, and then where can they you know are you on Eventbrite as far as these zoom shows coming up or where can people register so that they can get the link
1: oh man um just just follow me on facebook i'll always post a link on my facebook um there's no charts it's purely donation based um i have a venmo up there um any money from those uh it goes to the comics it goes to paying for the premium venmo that lets us have all these people uh but it's really just about making connections with people and if you can't donate that's fine like i the last thing i want to do is uh prevent someone from laughing in a time like this and, and hey as and long just, as you're paying attention to me that's yeah, all just that yeah,
0: yeah just make sure you're laughing demonstratively with your hands and so that joe gorman knows you're laughing
1: Absolutely.
0: <laughs> cool, well, I I enjoyed this peer to peer connection. And Joe Gorman, I just want to say thank you so so much for kind of, you know, coming on and teaching us about, you know, how comedy is changing over time. And I look forward to uh, you know, I'm gonna go ahead and, and friend you on
1: Facebook and hope hopefully that will be a follow as well. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Brian. Thanks for having me. Cool. Thanks, Joe. All right.